Welcome to Split, the After Ever After podcast. We're here along with other experts and real people with real stories to help you navigate life after separation. Whether you're newly separated or divorced and co-parenting, listen now for tips and advice on how to build a foundation for a more peaceful future. Hello, welcome back to another episode of Split, the After Ever After podcast. Today, we have guest Andrea Sferazza on to speak with us. She is a realtor here in Ontario, and um, we've talked a lot about housing lately because it is such, um, it can be really problematic with how insane the market is right now. So um, she covers a lot of really good stuff in this episode um divorce and separation can be such an emotional roller coaster um and so can selling a house (laughs) and buying a house yeah right in the best of times yeah right it's i think one of the most don't they rate like the most stressful things in your life yeah they're all up at the top selling a house Yeah. yeah yeah so she gives some great tips on how to prepare for the sale of your home Um, some ways to reduce conflict between you and your partner and Jennifer too. You know, we talk about a lot of ways that you can use a realtor to help reduce conflict even within mediation, right? Yeah, I think definitely listen up that she has so many things. So many times clients will just say, I mean, selling a house is very, unless a buyout's happening, it's, it's, the sale is happening with most clients, right? And mm-hmm. it's just this little, oh, we have to sell the house. Yep. But there's so many things she talks about in this episode that is going to be part of that sale mm-hmm. and have to be negotiated that people don't necessarily think of. And I think just being aware of what they are and making a plan for them. Right. Um, rather than trying to negotiate it with someone who you are separating from. Yeah. <laughs> is that uh, at the time when you are stressed about money and you're trying to get the maximum price for your house is is not ideal. Yeah. Um, so I do see a lot of conflict about this. But again, we talk a lot about, you know, some practical ways that that can be overcome and just by being aware of what's what's coming up. Mm-hmm. Um, so yeah, we've been trying to find people that are experts in the field and dealing with people who are separating Separating and divorcing and I think that's really key here we talk a lot about that in this episode yeah and she also brings up um other professionals who she can and and other realtors like her can help connect you with to give you more information or to help you out throughout the process how are things out there right now like real estate is insane yeah it is it's yeah (laughs) Exactly. It's not really fun, to be completely honest. It's supposed to be a time where everyone's excited, moving on, getting a new house. It's a little stressful. Um, obviously, we've had a crazy year with really, really low interest rates. I'm not sure if anyone's mm-hmm. been talking to a bank lately, but that helps buying power because we can get more money possibly. But it also is meant because of inventory being so low that we're competing all day, almost every day. Mm-hmm. So, the start of the year was really, really crazy. We're starting to see a little bit of a change the last couple of weeks, really depending on location and what the product is. But it is still, it's still a really busy, crazy moving market. And is that because, is the change coming because there's a bit more supply? Like more people are listing homes? We're seeing okay. a lot more. January and February, March, but there was almost no, like the inventory is extremely low and we are starting to see a more things coming out now, more product, more homes. 
So that's shifting a little bit because there's some more options. And what has your experience been like working with separating couples who are selling the family home? Because this can be, you know, people have a lot of emotional attachment to their home and it can be a big source of conflict for separating couples. What has your experience been in that type of situation? I think that, of course, it's a hard part of some of the hard chapter in anyone's life usually. Um, I think that being prepared and educated is more important during divorce or separation. I find that we deal with more emotion than the facts and the real mm -hmm. life, what the possibilities are. So the more prepared everybody is speaking to the banks, knowing moving forward, what's going to happen. Like if, the, if they bought a house together and now they're separating, so many things change. So the money's being divided. The next house or opportunity is going to be based on one income, possibly not the two, if there was two. Do, have they spoken to a lawyer to finalize the finer details? Do they just have the one house? Was it someone's house before they got married? Like There could be so many different aspects and paperwork that could be involved. Was it a matrimonial home? Did they have a prenup? Did they have a cohab? And then at the same token, if they don't and they have all those and they're just splitting it equally, there's other things that also come into effect, um, debts stuff that should be really discussed with a lawyer um, based on separation because there's a lot more factors that are pending on a sale of a house. So if they speak to the lawyer first and they can amicably, or if they can comfortably, I don't know if it's amicably or realistically <laughs> decide. I'm trying to think what the right word is, I'm sorry. Decide on what is right and what makes sense. Now, I think for a lot of us who've probably gone through the process, sometimes we have to remember that the lawyers also do make money off this process. So the more we argue, the more money they make. Um, it's, mm -hmm. it's family law is family law. It's kind of a written, it's a written rule. Just because you feel you need more doesn't mean that that means you're getting more. So we can fight back and forth. But if we're speaking to professionals about what the, what the facts are, it's easier to move forward and have a clear understanding when the realtor comes in. She's not your lawyer. She can maybe help, but truthfully, or he, they're not lawyers. So they can't divvy up the money. They don't know what's going to happen. So I think that if everyone's speaking to legal advice in that before they even call their realtor, they'll know what steps to make next. And I find right. that together, if they want more money for their house, trying to get them to be on the same page of tidying up the house, touching up the house. Right. Like if everyone takes an equal share in, in that, which is hard, like I've seen it, I've seen amicable, I've seen not so amicable, you know, family members have to come in and help. So it really is, I think the precedence gets, is set before the realtor almost gets there if they've actually done their steps. You shouldn't be probably calling the realtor first. I mean, I'd love to get that call first, but ultimately having the lawyer and some sort of agreement set before that makes the next step of selling the house easier because everyone has an, an understanding as to what's happening and then they can yeah. move forward easier. Now, it doesn't always happen that way, but I would strongly suggest that happening. Yeah, I think this is where I would love for every couple trying to separating couple to come to mediation. I have several clients right now that are in that situation. Some of them are both trying to coexist in the house. Some of them, one person has vacated the home while the other person is preparing the home for sale. But what's been really helpful is they've been able to, through mediation, 
write out a plan for that because like you said it's like you know if the staging is happening when is that going to happen where is this extra stuff going to go who's going to do the repairs how are we going to pay for the repairs mm -hmm. so we're able to map that out ahead of time um so in one scenario you know the fees for the repairs are just going to one person's going to pay for them then they're going to come out of the proceeds of the home sometimes they might share them ahead of time but it's just a constant battle. I think even in the most amicable situations, as you know, it's such a stressful time to sell your house. <laughs> even if you're married in a beautiful relationship, yeah. mm -hmm. it's packing, stressful. Packing, getting a house ready is a big undertaking when you work full time or you don't, or you have children. Yeah. Situations can be, there's so many different dynamics that I'm usually part of the process. I try to help clients from the start and holding their hand because everyone needs to. It's a really stressful time in most people's lives, at least one, sometimes one partner and maybe both. But being there to help them understand, it doesn't have to be torturous. Yeah. Time is money, right? So if they're arguing and not coming to agreements, every bit of time is going to be more money, whether it be with the lawyer or whatever the situation is to clarify all of these. But it is a bit of teamwork to make sure that everyone's getting the best out of the process. If the house is tidy, mm -hmm. if it's decluttered, if it's freshened up, it's going to get you more money. So at the end of the day, mm -hmm. ultimately, a lot of people are basing, they need that money to move forward or to buy their next house or figure out where they're going to go. So it is hard. There are a lot of different personalities. So you have to be able to adjust um, as a realtor as well. Like you, ha you do have to adjust with the personalities. You might have someone who's never done this before, never moved. This might be their first house. Maybe they moved into their partner's house. It was already there. They no idea of what the processes are. Yeah. Maybe they've bought their fourth house and now they're getting a divorce. There's so yeah. many different. So listening is important. It's, it's hard. You need to be a, an open-minded ear to hear what's going on and take step by step in the process. And I think helping them understand, calming the emotions where we all get emotional during mm -hmm. processes like this. It's natural. Mm -hmm. You're allowed. You're allowed to cry at the table. I've been part of that. You're allowed to get a hug if you need it. <laughs> yeah. You know, and I've dealt with differences. You know, we can sit at the table and do it amicably. I've had to come at different times, different locations. Someone comes to the office. Someone goes to the house until sometimes that is easier. If there's too much conflict, maybe yeah. everyone needs a timeout. I'll come see you at the house and I'll come see you at the office or at your work. Yep. Or, I mean, COVID changes all of that but our office is still open so i do see clients in office so you have to understand what's going to make everybody happy if that's what they're both comfortable with and that works if they want to be in the same room and they can have a civil conversation that works too Mm -hmm. Because just to kind of back up to the nuts and bolts a little bit for people to understand, if it's joint ownership of the home, they're both going to initially have to sign, is it a, called a real estate agreement or a contract with you? And then would they both also, they're both going to have to sign that, the offer that they accept, correct? Well, depending on joint or not joint, there are di different, yeah. so there's agreements and then even if they don't have that same um, joint, there are parts on the offer that if you a spouse still has to sign and has to give consent whether they're on ownership or not so this is where it's really important with the lawyers as well whether they're signing the official offer or signing spousal consent on the offer we've heard horror stories of okay. like you know another lady signing as the wife and isn't the wife it's never happened to me but in like in yeah. the real estate case laws you do hear of things like that happening so there are you know everyone's giving identification if there's lawyers paperwork or 
that has to be attached. Everyone's notified on what the process is and where everyone's signing and how we're signing. Right. So if okay. An actual spousal. If it's an actual marriage, both yeah. spouses are signing at least all of it or a part of it. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So I would imagine, I mean, both people are going to obviously want the highest price for the house, but then do you sometimes see conflict where it might be if one spouse is staying, was the one staying in the home, they might want a longer close date. Like, are there typical, is that, how are you seeing that now with all these multiple offers in the market? I would imagine that might be a point of contention. And again, are they leaving to buy another house? Or is that one person leaving and has right. to find another house? Mm -hmm. Is one person staying? Are they going to be looking for a house? I'm highly, I am suggesting some longer closing dates because even if they're in love and moving on to that other house, inventory there is, but there's not a lot. Yeah. Specific. Do they have children? Do they need to stay in the area? Now we're limiting our options as well. Good Even point. though there's online mm -hmm. schooling, we may get back there. Do we want to be within the blocks and the radius of the school that they were already in? There's a lot there's a lot of situations there. Closing dates, it is a seller's market, so for the most part, depending on money, some people will be like, We just got that much more money, we don't care, we'll be out in thirty days, we'll go stay with mom, dad, sister, or friend right. because we're getting mm -hmm. this much money and then there's we really don't have anywhere to go. Our family lives out west and we moved here for work and we're going to be homeless so we do need the time all these things are very communication is key with your realtor as well they may have just met you they don't know the whole story so they need to understand what's important to you and being that it is a seller's market they're having that advantage that they can say no sorry i really do want 100 days doesn't all work out it's not perfect always but there is a bit of that advantage of saying I'm sorry, we need 90 days minimum, we might need 110, we have to find a place. Good mm -hmm. point. Okay, yeah, that the sellers are more empowered to have their needs met with the closing. Yeah. And it's, it's important. No one wants to feel like they're going to be homeless. Yeah, but I really like that point that especially, you know, it is so hard with so little inventory and then about their point about the kids that if you want to stay now you have to find a home in a certain amount of time in a very specific schooling catchment area. Mm -hmm. That's not and an I easy task. One of the spouses didn't drive, couldn't for health reasons, and worked right. in walking distance of the home. Mm. So can't drive. It's not like doesn't have yeah. a car, but couldn't drive because of health health conditions. I need to be within you know a certain radius, and there's not a lot of inventory or. The difference in price if we're downsizing maybe the pre-approval for the next house is going to be a lot lower are there homes that are in that area that are going to justify her next approval or his next approval so there's so many different aspects and situations that can happen that you're unsure of at the time so the mm -hmm. time and having a longer closing date sometimes or maybe we're not listing it for a couple months because we have to tidy declutter but at least if we can start seeing what kind of inventory is coming out, what our options are, are we going to have to take the bus instead of walking? Is it going to be a couple of blocks away? Sometimes you don't have the same options as you did in the last purchase because A, the prices have gone up. Uh, mm -hmm. B, there's different parts of mortgages and stress tests and pre-approvals that, again, part of your pre-planning. Lawyer, banks, pre-approvals, all of that. So 
everybody understands if I sell this house for X amount, what am I going to get out of it? What's my pre-approval? And your agent will help you to get an idea of what in the neighborhood has sold for. So when you do go to your bank, you can have a conversation. Well, the last couple of houses sold for this amount. We owe this amount. Now what are we going to be left with? There, there could be debts that are going to have to be mm -hmm. taken care of, as you are well aware of, before the sale or once the sale occurs as well. So the equalization and all that fun stuff of divorce will be done. And yeah. that's going to affect how much money you're going to have moving forward as well. Yeah, mm -hmm. it's I often see clients that don't take into consideration that equalization. So they look at, OK, the house is worth this much minus the mortgage, split it. And they don't realize that, yeah, once all those other debts and everything is equalized or the simple fact that they have a bunch of investments on their side is going yeah. to mean not as much equity out of the home. So and they really need to look at the whole picture. It's going to take a long time to get through with the lawyer. So you might be thinking, I'm going to put the house up in the next couple of months. But truthfully, depending on their investments, properties, properties in mm -hmm. Florida, do you have a cottage? Like there's so many different aspects that that's mm -hmm. why I really strongly suggest that before we start selling anything, you speak to a lawyer. Everything's mm -hmm. on legal documents. Everything's official it's confirmed everyone's agreed and then you can start moving your real estate at that point there's nothing like yeah the house and then having that argument after the house is sold you can't take it back right no you yeah. can't well at that point yeah if you don't have your agreement the money would be sitting in trust so yeah i think um yeah i always encourage clients to get legal advice but also they can come to mediation it won't take them yeah, as right. long so yeah. we can yeah i'll stop saying yeah both I find yeah. that truthfully mediation is generally more amicable. People can have those open conversations a little easier than with the lawyers, but either or, whichever one, mediation I find is a process that we're seeing a lot more to help everyone mm -hmm. understand. I feel that we're whole, their mediators are easier at guiding. And yeah, well, process, right? so. yeah, and I mean, I like the options for people with using a mediator that we can talk. So if you're saying, okay, well, look at, we've got this house, but it's going to be a longer closing date, or there's different negotiations and the agreement needs to change, then that can happen. Whereas um, often, you know, going through lawyers, that's going to be, okay, now we got to go back to the lawyers. It's going to cost a lot more time and money and that sort of thing. But we can kind of. In the eyes of it. definitely the pro professional group helping on that end to clarify all that before they even talk to the realtor. Is it better? Yeah. Right? So yeah. Mastered, yeah. I think. And kids mm -hmm. being involved in other pets. We can share pets. Oh, yeah. Yes. They're sharing yeah. pets. So there's a little bit of everything. And now I think the dynamics are changing so much. There's so many other little added ingredients into the whole recipe before we know what we're doing. So, mm -hmm. yeah. Tricky. Going back to um, affordability and just the sheer cost of, of homes right now um, and if someone maybe doesn't have as much equity in their home what's your opinion on renting like many people or at least one party if the other person is staying in the home will tend to rent even if it's just short term what's your opinion on that and is that something that a realtor um, can help you with as well if you're interested in um, perhaps leasing instead of buying so we, we can help you with renting I'm not sure if anyone's taken a peek at what rentals are and the cost of renting are these days. 
Yeah. Sometimes they're almost more than your mortgage. And yeah, a lot yeah. more often, depending on where you're coming from and what location, rents have increased tremendously. Mm-hmm. So it's fine if you're, I, I would suggest, of course, everyone might have to rent for some time. What we're seeing with the rentals is they're a lot. They're a lot of money. Townhouses are a lot more than they were a year ago. Um, houses are definitely a lot more than they were a year ago. The difference mm-hmm. with I think buying versus renting is I'm seeing some clients who've decided that they're going to rent for a little bit, but now they're holding onto this money in the bank and that same money down on a house. If they decided a year later to sell that house, they maybe they've made would have made another fifty or a hundred. That like the real estate's been going up and they're investing and they're putting money into their own investment, so they're going to have that money. Whether they don't like that property and decide to move in a year, they may have some money still there versus giving it in rental that's so much more. It's really a matter Mm -hmm. of choice at the time. And sometimes it's a little less stressful just to rent. I'm going to rent. I'm going to figure everything out for a year. I'm going to make sure I'm okay. I don't have the responsibilities. I'm paying rent. It's not my house. I don't have to take care of a roof, a window, an air conditioner. So Mm -hmm. things do change where you're paying your rental, you're paying your tenant's insurance and your utilities, but you don't have to worry about the bigger, the bigger things. So if you're just going through a divorce and maybe you just don't want the responsibility right now, renting is a good option. It all depends on the individual. Yeah, I know in coaching, like sometimes that's a conversation that I need to have with clients is like, okay, how do you want to spend your time in the next year while you're going through this? Like, how do you are, do you have someone to help you with small repairs? Or is that something that you're going to need to pay a service for? And then are you including that in your overall budget? Like, these are all things that maybe you never had to think about before, because these were tasks that your partner looked after. But they will now be on your shoulders moving forward. So definitely something to think about. We had, um, we put a question sticker up on Instagram stories a couple days ago, uh, promoting this episode. And we had somebody ask if rent to own was actually a thing. I know we have listeners outside of Ontario, but in Ontario, is this something that you see happen people renting to own and how does that work if so okay it all depends on the investor who's doing it for the so that's definitely something individually you would speak to to the people who are hosting the rent to the rent to own because there are a lot of hidden costs and fees that are incurred it's not Mm -hmm. um okay it says two thousand dollars a month and i can rent to own you could almost be certain and i won't because i'm not sure who or what which one specifically we're going to be talking about but there are costs there's still some money to put down the gentlemen who are doing the rent to the owner probably going on title with you there's a lot of additional fees and costs that get incurred now they may not be upfront but they may be at the end when it's time and you're ready to put it just in your name you might have mm-hmm. a lot of additional costs that you weren't expecting so that's something very very important to understand individually because there's a lot of different investors that are doing that it's not banks for that matter usually they're private investors who are doing it and there's definitely some additional costs that get incurred that not everybody understands Mm -hmm. carefully to when they're doing it would it be fair to say that rent to own would typically be comparable to like those high rates from private lenders like you're going to end up paying a lot more than if you had a traditional mortgage they are and yeah. now like the interest rates have been so low we're seeing 
you know, as low as 1.5, depending yeah. on the bank. So if you have a really good mortgage broker, then I we're seeing some like really the rates have been extremely low. Some people just don't know, and if we're even clicking online and clicking away to all these mortgage apps, it's it's usually really good to speak to people, see who they would refer, understand the situation. Your real estate agent's really good at knowing a bunch of different mortgage agents who might help you based on what your life is proposing right now. And mm -hmm. the rate the rates are worth acknowledging because when you look at the rental or the rent to own when you see the whole idea of the cost that get incurred at the end of your terms those can be scary sometimes right mm -hmm. so if a couple it knows like someone knows that a separation is on the horizon they're they're going into that situation we talked a lot about the importance of getting some legal advice do you have any other advice for what people could do to kind of prepare if they know that a home sale or looking for a home is is coming up in their future decluttering is probably our biggest struggle we don't okay. realize how much stuff we have how many articles of clothing we don't wear shoes there's so many little things um, i'm i'm going to speak for myself i move yeah. often i'm a real estate agent and stuff just seems to pile up when you have children, yeah. there's clothes that pile. There's just so much that it's time, right? So even an hour, an evening that sometimes we don't even have after you've tidied up or finished work, there's usually a lot of stuff that we collect over the years. Some people don't. They live very minimalistic. Some have children, little kids were growing like, very quickly and lots of toys that we don't need. So decluttering, I think, is a great start. When you declutter and you've done a good job, then you might notice, well, wow, that wall's really scratched up. I didn't notice, but the kids' mm -hmm. toys, mm -hmm. you know, have made a bit of a mess. So then you know, um, oh, well, there's going to be a little list of, like, to-dos to tidy up. So I think the decluttering is a good a good place to start. And then mm -hmm. you'll see what the house really needs. On the flip side of that, I know, like, in my own situation, when my ex moved out, like, he a lot of furniture left with him. And so, yeah. like, I'm sure you probably remember, Andrea, there were rooms in my house that were, like, really awkward. <laughs> and like you said, you move stuff and then you realize, oh, like, this needs to be painted or this right. was hiding something and now it looks terrible. So that needs to be addressed. So, yeah, yeah. I think, like, even just slowing it down and... um yeah, seeing what it looks like in the transitionary phase. Yeah, <laughs> and, and I would come through as well, right, and go through the house and, and have those discussions right. on how we're preparing to get the house ready or staged or pictures or virtual staging or the cost of staging can get expensive in the middle of a divorce or a separation. So do mm -hmm. we, you know, are, and again, is he leaving or she leaving before the pictures or at what mm -hmm. point all things that are important sometimes it's not easy to live with someone that we've decided we're going to separate with so we have yeah. to pick our battles as to stage a little bit or argue for a couple more months it all depends everyone's situation is so so different but i think the decluttering mm -hmm. and figuring out what's going to go where what do we need what don't we need is a good place because it's time consuming Depending yeah on i think yeah, yeah, we touched about it a bit in the beginning, but I think that preparing the home really is a big issue. I think of also people in situations where they've, I have people separating, they've been together 30 years. And so 
decluttering is a massive undertaking. Mm -hmm. And so the one person has left and they have their little apartment and they kind of just took what they wanted to. And the other person is saying, yeah, exactly. The other person is like, we have like a garage. Yeah. Yeah. You took what you need. You left all the stuff you didn't need. And now it's my responsibility (laughs) to clean up after it. It happens. Yeah. It happens. Yeah. That's a common. And then the other. Then I'm leaving. Yeah. Well, right. Yeah. They peace out. For me to take care of or for someone else. Right. Yeah. Yeah. Which Um, which also also buries then more resentment, right? Yes. Yeah. Then someone's angrier or that's Mm -hmm. even worse. Resentful at the fact that you Mm -hmm. just picked up and left and I have to take care of the children, work, the animals, and all these things I have to pack. So then a lot more resentment sets in and it then it makes the next chapter harder or the next level of the offer or the house seen it I've seen that before as well yeah that's where I think it is really valuable to be able to sit and and mediate that discuss that and make a plan the other issue I've seen is when there is repairs one person I mean they both still own the home so one person will say well I'll come fix that but then it's like, well, when are you coming to the house? I don't want you at the house. Yeah. Like, so, but just having a plan for that to mm-hmm. say, so we would sit down and say, okay, like Saturday afternoons are your time or whatever. Making, putting some boundaries in place so that mm-hmm. the things are getting done, but it's not causing more conflict yeah. on top of everything else. Yeah. That's a really good point. Your advice as the mediator or someone can just set some standards or some rules that everyone's held accountable for. Yeah. yeah. I find that none of the spouses like to have to answer to each other in a, in a process for the most part. Mm-hmm. Some can be amicable, mm-hmm. but there is a big part where they just don't want to respond. They don't want to answer to the spouse that they're leaving. They're not mm-hmm. the boss of me. I'm done. I'm mm-hmm. leaving. I don't want to answer. Yeah. And then it becomes another argument. And the truth, and then there's things that need to be done in a professional manner. And if we're going to yeah. be slapping putty on the walls, making a disaster, because emotions are setting in, then here we go. It doesn't have to be this tricky. It really doesn't. But the truth of the matter is, is emotions take over most of this negotiating, understanding. It's complex. Like it really is because it's based on emotion for almost everybody. Well, I think this comes the importance of having a realtor who is really qualified and experienced because in some agreements that i've done with clients we used the realtor as that objective third party so they both agreed on the realtor and then we said okay the realtor is going to set out what has to be fixed in the house when it needs to be done by what is the recommended sale price so we let the realtor be that person so all the more reason why you want someone that you both trust and it, they're a really important piece of the puzzle. It's not just picking anyone. Or I've been there through the, I'm usually there through the whole process and then then moving yeah. on to the next, now helping them find a rental or making sure they're in family member where they're comfortable or moving on to a new home. It is a big, this is someone's life, right? I don't, it's just not a, a job or a career in that sense to me. I just, you do have to understand that these are people's, it's their livelihood and it's important mm-hmm. to them and it's a hardship for most but the end of the tunnel is always usually a little bit of a light there doesn't feel like it in the moment ashley's smiling because i <laughs> her tunnel after her tunnel in between the tunnels. yes so i yes. understand doesn't feel like it in the moment for sure 
but yeah. the realtor, some, I mean, they mostly usually become friends and we're still there to see what happens later and help with those processes as well. Yeah, for sure. Having someone who really cares and has maybe even been there themselves. What kind of questions are important to ask a realtor then, Andrea, when you're trying to find somebody who's going to do all of those things and show up for you and really, you know, treat you with care and attention? Referrals always great. Friends and family have used real estate agents over and over and they feel comfortable with them. That's a great place to start because they may already mm -hmm. know your family or your mother or your aunt. So they've already known a bit of the finance family dynamics. I think that over the years we're seeing that there's a lot of real estate agents. Mm -hmm. I'm sure everyone's noticing there's a lot more familiar, unfamiliar names. If you're driving through your neighborhood experience, I will say is key. Um, yeah. You've never, if you're new, not to say that newer real estate agents can't do the same job, but if they're newer, maybe they haven't had the same experience with dealing with separation and divorce. And that, mm -hmm. that helps because every situation is so different. You have to, you have to take your head there mindset and understand what everyone's thinking, where we're going with it. And if you haven't had the experience to analyze those situations, you might not have the right response. Not that every time it's not always perfect. You might not have the right people to help. He, somebody left. She's by herself. She's not handy. Do we know painters? Do we know handymen? Do we know all these little people that can come help and offer suggest suggestions to say, okay, let's take a deep breath. I know it's, it's hard because now we have to do all these things on our own, whichever person's left with the responsibility. And all of that helps as well. You, you want them to be comfortable knowing that they can take over the project or not on their own. And do you have some people available to help them? That's always great knowing that you have people. So I find that experience is key. Mm -hmm. for sure. I mean, obviously I love you, but um, I, to, so I'm going to hype you up here, but you know, speaking from experience, there were a lot of moving parts when I sold that last house and I was so emotional and it wasn't like it was the first house I'd, I'd sold, but you knew a contractor because I didn't, I couldn't do the things Good you, way. you knew a home inspector. So I was able to see, you oh, know, yeah, what things were wrong. Yeah. That needed to be fixed. Um, you knew exactly what price point we should be looking at when we were going into negotiations. We, you were up with me at like two in the morning. At one point we had negotiations going back and forth. Like I felt like you were there for me every step of the way. And I don't think every realtor is going to necessarily be that way. And when you are feeling already so emotional, mm -hmm. just getting, like you've said, and like, Jennifer said getting them as much information and as much professional support along the way for things that you don't know about because your line of work could be something completely different can really help bring the emotions down and get you like less emotional more fact-based and like okay what's the next step we need to take yeah yeah it's it's definitely important and even with the experience sometimes I mean you have very strong realtors who might be coming in with an offer they don't know and it's not always for us to tell because we don't like to discuss well my client's going through a divorce right now and she's very emotional but if they're mm -hmm. coming in and not giving the time we need or the closing dates we need you have to have someone who's confident to be like whoa 
I have to take care of my client. Like it's not about you. I love that. As much as it's about you, yeah. you have to understand that my without telling them what like you have to protect your client. You also have to yeah. understand not might not be saying that in the right terms, but you have to do what's best for your client at that time. And depending on the experience, different realtors take different approaches. And I really, really believe in you have to you have to mesh with your realtor. It's a relationship it might be a week long. It might be months long. It might be a whole process long. It might take a really long time. And if you're not feeling that connection with your realtor, maybe find another one because it's, a, yeah. it's an important connection. They have you have to feel, and maybe not both of you will feel the same connection, and that's where it might get tricky. But a mediator could help with that too. I can't. A realtor is not going to sit there and argue with two of them and and have that fight but it might be well let's take a step back have a mediator deal with that what what are the positive what are the negatives are we overpowering emotion with fact what are we going to do and how are we going to do it mm -hmm. and then yeah well and really yeah with working with that's again i mean i love being able to bring those professionals in because if people authorize it the mediator can speak with the real estate agent and try to work out like so you could come and say okay look we got a huge barrier to getting this darn house sold like no one wants to fix it or whatever um and then we can address that in mediation but i love that i think I don't know, it's my experience that I think people don't think about choosing a realtor as much. They kind of just look at, okay, who's got a lot of signs around or mm -hmm. whatever. But people are so emotional and I'm sure would look back, as you were just talking, uh, in the future, they're going to look back at that time of their separation as like, you're not even really in your right mind in a no. lot of cases. So you do need someone who's going to advocate for you. Mm -hmm. Well, there's so many things to deal with. Yeah. Like financials, children maybe animals that no one thought we were going to have to do that do we share all of this yeah fixing the house like there, is my job going to accommodate this new lifestyle of scheduling which like there's so many things and yes i've been through a divorce and sometimes if a realtor hasn't maybe they don't understand all the things that can happen as well because you've personally actually gone through one and you know what it entails and what are some of the things that you have to know everyone's situation is different but if you've mm -hmm. picked a realtor who's never been married or divorced before, how do they know yeah. what the process yeah. is going to be if they've not really experienced it? Not saying one's better than the other, but every mm -hmm. one of our stories is different. We all yeah. have a different angle, a different approach, a different spouse, a different partner, different no kids, some kids, pets, no pets. There's so many different things. And you really do have to take all of them into account. I think sometimes we forget too. We're so focused on, okay, we're leaving. This is done. This relationship's done. And then no yes. yeah. You know, the kids, it's important when there's the cost of houses are different and our kids want to stay near their friends. Like, what do we do? Yeah. Now you have your emotion. Your kids are already upset. And then you feel like you've let them down if they can't stay at that school or go to school with their friends. So there's so many different dynamics. And maybe there isn't kids. Maybe everyone's just moving on their... And that sometimes is easier, not as mm -hmm. tricky, not as many people to put into a perspective of understanding and having everyone understand it. Yeah, you definitely need someone who can boil it down. 
I think it's really important. And to have those conversations. Sometimes you might have everyone's like, I like it. You're talking to me about what my, like, what do I like? They're on, they're, everyone's leaving. We're on two different pages. So maybe spouse number one has like a whole different view of where they want to see themselves. You have to be able to understand theirs and the next person's. Right. Mm-hmm. The person yeah. wants to be in a condo, no responsibility, lock the door, walk away, shut, done. Maybe this person wants a backyard and wants to make sure the kids are in their school or not in their school. Everyone might, we're changing, right? The relationship went from one story into two separate stories now. So clearly there's some, there's some change involved. I think we forget that, right? I may mm-hmm. have not changed. Maybe she did. I, maybe he did. So change has happened and that's why we're here. Usually, yeah. I think you're the mediator. I'm not the mediator, but yeah, something's <laughs> definitely changed. Yeah, we've, we've outgrown, we've changed. Something's changed. Yeah. Like there's change mm-hmm. and everyone has to understand and also respect that change may have not been, may not be what we planned for, but it's happening. So how are we going to yeah. make the best of it before we ruin everything? Like it, it can be such a hard undertaking. And if you are moving, like it can be moving into a new place can be a great, even though a lot of change can be difficult, it can also kind of be a great way to start your new chapter in life. And it can, you know, if you are able to stay within the same uh, catchment area for school and maybe your job hasn't changed. And so all of those other things are still lined up, you know, kids get excited about going to get to pick out some new bedding for their new bedroom or what are they going to paint the walls right like there are there are definitely some um like some exciting parts to that change and it could i think everyone hates that i believe things happen for a reason it's gonna be my license plate and i've had some clients look at me they're like if you say it one more time i swear to god (laughs) i'm not gonna say it anymore i promise and then they find that next place and they're like okay you're right. Like, I don't know how many times I've had them say after, okay, we were going to probably hit you. Yeah. yeah. Right. It didn't feel like it in the moment, but when it all settles and everyone can, it, it does. I know it, it's not the end of the world. There's worse things that could probably happen, but you are right. New furniture, sometimes fresh paint, new memories. I, I like to put it as new memories. We yeah. That with those memories. And now we're going to have new memories and we're going to make the best. Let's make the best out of these memories. And we're going to pick different things that are going to have a different place in our heart now. So it's mm-hmm. not the end of the world. It feels like it in the moment sometimes. And some people are just excited. There's so many different emotions, but you are right, Ash. Like we can do different things at the next house. Maybe we were over all of our furniture. We bought it 10 years ago. Things have changed. So we're going to start over again. We're going to sell everything on Kijiji so we don't have to move it. <laughs> yeah. There's so many different, <laughs> different things and hearing everyone move lately and they're just, we don't want to move our stuff. And I'm like, Facebook marketplace and Kijiji. <laughs> yeah, a hundred percent. So where can people connect with you, Andrea? I can easily give everyone my contact information. If you page me through through the office, that's easy. My cell phone's usually available probably everywhere online. We can post yeah. something later, whichever is easier for you. Ashley, ladies, I can you probably have most of my stuff. Um, if yeah. you like on Instagram, 
I have a page, so that's really, really easy. I had a couple people connect through there today, actually. I think one gentleman wasn't sleeping. He probably messaged me really, really early this morning. So I had to wake up and make that phone call. But people are spending time on social media, so that helps. And that's an easy connection. I will always respond. So I'll put links to Instagram, Facebook, um, all of that in the show notes. But just when people are making that initial call, is there any costs associated with that? Um, if they have questions or they want to connect with you or do they just call and make an appointment? No costs. Not a cost. They can call. I love to have a chat. Everyone has a great story. So quick message is easy. There isn't any cost. Awesome. Well, thank you so much. Um, I know that this is really important information. And again, just like another professional that you can have in your corner to help you get more informed about the road ahead. And um, even though some things that you may learn may be difficult to hear, it's better to, to know and then you can prep and plan around those things. So thank you so much. Thanks, Andrea.